Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 76 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well, at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you enjoy what we do with the On The Banks podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us just by searching On The Banks. As we sit back, stay safe, and stay healthy, make sure to check out OnTheBanks.com for all your Rutgers sports news, opinions, and information. As I say to all my guests, I'll say the same to you, all of our great listeners. I hope everyone right now listening to this episode is safe and healthy. Since I started the On The Banks podcast in June of 2018, one thing I have always strived to do was spotlight the Olympic sports here at Rutgers, you know, sports that don't always grab the headlines like football and basketball. We have some nationally ranked and many up-and-coming Olympic sports programs here at Rutgers, and I've tried hard to make sure they get the recognition they deserve. On episode 76 of the podcast, I am very happy to highlight a program and a coach that I have not yet had on the show. I am joined on the episode by the first-year Rutgers volleyball head coach, Caitlin Schweighofer. You know, I say first year as opposed to new because, look, in an ideal world, Coach and the volleyball program would be beginning their season shortly, or frankly would have already started their season. Instead, in the COVID-19 world we live in now, like all fall sports in the Big Ten, college volleyball has been put on hold. As you'll hear in our discussion, Coach Schweighofer has a proven track record of success. Not just taking over programs that have previously been successful, but taking over rebuilds and turning them into NCAA tournament caliber programs as she did at LaSalle. She knows how to win and how to start at the bottom and ultimately get to the top. She's a program builder and a great leader for the program overall, and I know we are all very excited to watch how she turns this Rutgers volleyball program around and, most importantly, puts it heading in the right direction. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. She was hired in January to lead and rebuild this Rutgers women's volleyball program after successful stints at LaSalle and Northeastern. I am very excited to be joined on episode 76 of the On the Banks podcast by head coach Caitlin Schweighofer. Coach, how are you? Thanks so much for joining me. Good. Thank you for having me. 
Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well, Coach. So I've started off all of my interviews with this, and I'll begin here. How have you been since this new normal started six months ago? How have you adjusted to this crazy, uncertain time? I would say that if it wasn't challenging, I, that would be a lie. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's been an interesting opportunity for me as a young mother. I have a two-year-old daughter. So, especially in my role as a head volleyball coach, I've had to travel a lot throughout my career. So, the opportunity to get to spend time with her and my husband and see her develop, especially just, you know, right in front of my eyes um, in the beginning of, of the lockdown was was really grateful, something that I'll probably never get to do again. Um, but besides that, just being a head coach and adjusting to a, a new university in the height of a pandemic has been a, a very eye-opening experience and something that's really made me um, think about my core values and how I want to be as a coach to this program uh, moving forward. So good time for reflection, but definitely ready to hit the road again and uh, get the ball rolling, so they say, with, with developing the program, the volleyball program. Most definitely. So let's talk about your background, beginning with your time as a student athlete at St. John's. You captained the Red Storm during your time in Queens and helped lead the program to a Big East title in your playing career. I'm sure your success as a player motivates you to help your kids and your players feel that same accomplishment now. What do you remember about that run you and your teammates had on the on the way to a conference title? You know, What memories stand out from that season and that Big East championship? Having a successful uh, team and making it, you know, a run in the NCAA tournament and, and winning the Big East undefeated in my final season was definitely something that really put the bow on my collegiate career. And but it was it's interesting because as a coach now, it was not the easiest road to winning that championship. I remember my freshman year getting to St. John's and we actually won nine or lost excuse me, nine conference matches in a row in five sets. So you're taking that time of loss and being able to translate it into what what can we take from this to now be successful in the next couple of seasons ultimately led the team to, to be able to um, compete at another level, but also appreciate the wins because we all had also experienced the losses. When you take a team that has historically been extremely successful, they don't really know how to lose and they can let one or two losses really deter their entire season. But when you have a team and players who have experienced losing, they value the win so much more. So, you know, that was, it was exciting to, to get a ring and to play at that level and to make it like sit into the NCAA tournament. And I just want them, want that for every team I coach, that same feeling. And I'm sure, like, you were captain that season. I'm sure your experience as captain, you know, having to lead your team, you know, having to be that, you know, strong voice uh, in the locker room, I'm sure that also um, helped you or helps you now as a coach having to obviously, you know, not just lead your fellow student-athletes, but now lead an entire program. Absolutely. I mean, I had a great relationship with my coach. I still do. She was actually at my wedding. And playing for JoJo, she told me, early on in my career that she thought I had a lot of the qualities of what would make a good coach. I didn't really believe her. I honestly didn't even know coaching was a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay, this is great. You know, um, little did I know, but you know, she, she guided me through being a leader on that team 
And the makeup of my St. John's team is very similar to the makeup of the Rutgers team currently. We had a, a good mix of international players with American players, and she was able to integrate us all together by just creating a culture that really appreciated everyone's differences but also valued their similarities. So I really model a lot of my coaching style on her. She made us feel appreciated as a uh, as a player, both on and off the court. And I kind of knew that, it, you know, if, if she asked us to do something, it was something that she had already done or was willing to do. So, um, you know, she really helped me and guided me to become a coach and look we'll, we'll discuss her now at st john's you played under joanne persico a real legend in the sport she's accomplished so much and i believe is now approaching her 27th season at st john's what was it like to play and learn from her and how has she influenced how you coach you teach and you build a program she is just a, a wonderful spirit um anyone in the volleyball world who saw their run last year at the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, she's always out there dancing in between points and she just has a very uh, enthusiastic and endearing personality. And I talk to her almost weekly through the entire pandemic. We, we touched base about recruiting, how we can get our international students back into the country, <laughs> um, you know, how we can support each other and our team now both being back in the New York region. Um, but, you know, she, she really, said she created a family-like culture amongst the players and the team that she had and even though her team makeup might look different every year people from different parts of the world she found a way to again bring everyone together so i'm very grateful that i was able to play for her so now here at rutgers you come into a program that needs a jolt a program that has struggled since entering the big 10 this is not the first time you've come into a rebuilding program you did the same at LaSalle. You took a program that was 1-31 and 31 before you came in, and you ended your tenure there with a 17-11 and 11 record in your final season. Look, obviously each conference is different, each school is different, but when you take over a rebuilding program, what are kind of the first steps to changing the culture, to changing the mindset, and just changing the perception inside the program? Yeah, so ironically, I don't know if it's ironically, but I have my master's degree in education, and I was able to receive that when I was at lehigh university and it's specifically in change management so <laughs> when i yeah so when i uh, took over the LaSalle program i was able to, to do a case study basically on all the curriculum i had just learned at lehigh um, and, and put it into place and there were things that worked and things that didn't but there's still a process i think that every everybody who's ever had to create change whether it's at the corporate level or at an institutional level goes through and the really the first step is to create buy-in and for me that's that's my goal right now is to communicate over communicate expectations and then create buy-in on those expectations so we're we started doing that um you know last spring before everyone you know went home and we tried to continue to communicate those expectations throughout the summer but now that we're all back on campus together you know we're just trying to continue and i'm trying to continue to explain like this is the level that we need to be at this is how we need to be training this is this is what's now going to be expected of you as a big 10 athlete and volleyball player in order to get the success that you have all told me that you want so buy-in doesn't come overnight and sometimes you have to add people in to ultimately get to the final goal or you have to subtract people but right now that really is the first step is just answering all of their questions taking feedback from the team and returners of what has worked and what has not worked within the big 10 conference 
and then using my own expertise and my staff's experience to just create um, a level of uh, different expectations and goals through the fall that don't actually have a championship season at the end of them. So, look, obviously, LaSalle, Rutgers, different schools, different resources, different conferences. But do you see any similarities as you look back when you rebuilt LaSalle? Are there any similarities between that rebuild then five, six years ago to now rebuilding here at Rutgers? Yes, I, I think so. We have more of a microscope on us being in the Big Ten than LaSalle did being the Atlantic Ten. They were historically one of the worst teams in Division One, not just one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. So there was less of a interest in what was going on within the program as there's a lot of interest that's going on with our Rutgers volleyball team. But I do think that the, the biggest similarity is that at the time when LaSalle started to go through the rebuild and the change, the administration, the athletic administration really took interest in the investment into the program. And I feel that way at Rutgers. I feel that the administration has has said, we want the volleyball program to be successful. We're willing to resource it appropriately as compared to the level in the Big Ten that we want to compete at. And now let's move forward. So that is the first, the investment from the, the University Athletic Administration to do that is really the first step in the rebuild of any program. Joined by the head coach of Rutgers women's volleyball, Caitlin Schweighoffer. Look, each coach runs their program on their own specific set of morals and values, right? Coaches want their teams to play different styles, to value specific areas over the other. How do you want your team to play? What values and morals, both on and off the court, do you try and instill into your players so that they can reach their potential and be successful? I talk about this on a lot of recruiting calls because it's the first question most players ask, um, most recruits ask, but... I think there's there's four or five things that are our main main areas that we really I really try and focus on and, and first and foremost is academics. As I said, I have my master's in education. It's important to me that our young women are able to obtain an excellent degree in whatever their career field or major field is that they're interested in. We have a number of different um, academic backgrounds within the team and they go on and we've had alums who go on to wonderful careers in, in many different fields so the academic piece not only getting to choose your major and be a good student but also I want athletes who are invested in their academics um, secondly is looking for athletes who really understand that training effort is a skill as much as we come in to train volleyball skills every day training effort is also extremely important so if you give 100 percent the majority of the time i know when you're giving 80 percent and then we can have a conversation as to what's going on in your life did something happen did you not get enough sleep have, are you hungry <laughs> you know whatever that is I, I can understand that and but i have to know what your 100 percent is to also know what your non 100 percent is um you know, we talk about flexibility a lot, and that was put into practice this spring, but I like players who are adaptable and flexible that are not so rigid in their ways that they're not willing to open up and to learn something from a, a new young staff. Uh, we have players playing on our team that the Big Ten Volleyball is really the best in, in the country. So I look at my players as, as pretty much semi-professionals. They would not be playing in this league if they were not close to the top of their game but they still have room to learn and my myself and my staff I feel like we're very strong technical coaches and we're able to help them improve if they're willing and able um you know and last 
last but not least is really just someone who who values um conversation and communication obviously i'm a fairly gregarious person and someone who can give me honest feedback but who's also willing to take feedback as well and um that's important i ask the players every day in practice like what did you think of practice how do you feel about this drill can we hold each other accountable through open and honest feedback so those are those are a few of the main core values that we try and practice every day so what do you like about this team coming back for you and look year one should have been going on already or season one at least should be going on already it's it's not but you're still in year one really until that season does happen what about the Rutgers team last year and the talent that you bring back uh this year what is you know does what about it excites you as you begin your tenure here on the banks whenever that first season does happen we have a few core players who would return who have seen playing time in the past we have um, you know, a setter and an outside hitter and a right side hitter and um, another right side hitter who have been have been in the Rutgers uniform before. So we're expecting them to be um, examples for what they think that the Big Ten level should be in the gym and in practice. And the team in the past is coming off of as as much as people say, okay, it's not. We haven't, didn't win a lot of games in the Big Ten. It was still their most successful season ever, <laughs> right? So there's still some. Um, they still experienced some joy and some success last fall, even though they might not have won as many matches as they wanted to. But I think that the core returners understand and, and are willing and are wanting to continue to improve, but also know that they need pieces around them that have that same mindset. So I feel that we brought in um, a couple of transfers and uh, some freshmen that can really uh, immediately see um, – or make an impact with the with the team and but they're now surrounded by players who have experience so we're excited we actually haven't even got to have everyone back to campus yet we're still in the process of having some of our international players return so we only have about eight players in the gym currently so um we won't get to the full 12 until probably towards the end of september so coach the big 10 conference is maybe not even arguably it is the best conference in women's college volleyball seven teams made the ncaa tournament last year two made the final four and wisconsin lost to stanford in the national championship there are no off days the conference is so deep before coming to Rutgers, what did you know about the Big Ten Conference, the style of play in it? And now that you're here, what excites you about playing in such a prestigious and talented conference and getting to match up against real powers in the sport on an every game basis? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the Big Ten volleyball is, is has been and is by far one of the, if not the strongest volleyball conference if you're rating it just on the number of teams that get into the NCAA tournament year after year. But you know, it's extremely competitive. It's extremely physical. You have the best players in the country now competing against each other week in and week out. One of my coaching friends said there's no free balls in uh, the Big Ten. So everything that comes over the net is, is super aggressive and you have to be um, ready to battle from start to finish. But uh, as a coach, I'm excited to get to train and work with what are the best volleyball players and, and be able to incorporate some new technical skills and strategical thinking that maybe I wasn't able to execute with my former teams just because the level of play is now higher. So as a coach, that's very exciting, but it's also exciting to get to um, pick the brains of, of all of the coaches within our Big Ten cohort. And we've been able to have weekly conference calls over the last several months just to outline 
potential plans and then change them and then change them again. But, uh, you know, talk about what's been going on within our, our own programs. And these are coaches who have multiple national championships and are, are extremely tenured and at the height of their career. So it's a, a great opportunity for me as a young coach, and I'm, I'm very grateful to, to be able to be in the Big Ten. So, Coach, being a fall sport, your season was postponed, and questions remain as to when a season will eventually be played. And if a season, look, in fact, will be played anytime soon, right? How do you keep the program and the players focused on getting better, focused on coming together, and focused on an incoming season, even with all the uncertainty that is currently being thrown your way? I feel that I have a very unique opportunity because, honestly, as I said before, we don't even have all of our players back. So I think our team was grateful in the sense that we were able to postpone a bit until we were able to field a team that they felt was extremely competitive. So that is as one kind of weight off of the players' shoulders and the coaches' shoulders that we weren't going to have all of our players back when we were supposed to start. But, um, you know, I think that the group is still very uh, new and is still learning about Rutgers and is still learning about Rutgers athletics and is still learning about my coaching style and my staff's coaching style and is eager to come into the gym every day and, and train to improve because they know that is what we need. That is, they know that Rutgers volleyball, they need to work hard in practice in order to, once we do have a season, be more successful than they've been in the past. So that's definitely motivating to them. But we also, as a, as a staff and myself, we, we, we understand that we can't just train and train and train and train and lift and lift and lift with, with really no end in sight. Um, so, you know, we, we have incorporated a few more fun things for them to do, some team bonding. Yesterday we went to Top Golf. Um, just to get them together, but outside and uh, off court. So um, I'm happy for the opportunity to get to learn about each of the players more so that we're really prepared once once competition comes again. Coach, a couple more before I let you go. How have you been able to adjust the various facets of running a program like development and recruiting under the restrictions of this pandemic? You know, How have your methods changed in order to get the most out of your team and the most out of your efforts, even though these various obstacles are put in place to limit the normalcy of what a regular season would be? It's been challenging, I think, with our, with our own team, having people overseas and in different time zones. We had a player who was 11-hour time difference. Uh, nine hour time difference so you know and then having to take online classes you don't want them staring at a computer all day long um, in order to also do do team activities so we've had about once or, or twice a week and um, had some we had some cooking demos from our nutritionists to help the girls learn how to cook in their house and, and just do different things that aren't necessarily only volleyball related but as a team i think we stuck together pretty well we, we communicated via you know chat as much as we possibly could but Recruiting is, a, is another obstacle. Um, you know, the, it's challenging, and I, I say that for both things, but recruiting, not being able to go out and, and see players live and then have to make decisions for the future of your program is something that I never expected I would have to do. So we spend a lot of time just watching video and um, doing Zoom presentations and showcasing everything that Rutgers has to offer without actually stepping foot on campus. So. Um, and then we have our players interact with our with the recruits as much as we can, so they get to meet the team. Because that's always a big facet of of recruiting is is that interaction. So we're making the best of it, but we definitely are eager to get recruits back on campus sometime soon. 
Coach, last one from me. We've talked about how you're taking over a rebuild, right? A program that is trying to re- reverse the results of years past and turn into a contender in the Big Ten. What is your message to fans and followers of the program and Rutgers in general about what they can look forward to seeing from this team and what they can expect both whenever your first season happens and beyond? Yeah, I think I, I would just ask fans and followers to um, kind of come in with an open mind and, and try to have a clean slate when they're watching us in the future. I think some of the things that they are used to seeing out on the court may not look the same and it might it might feel different. But I'll tell you what, my, myself, my staff, we are up and we're engaged and we're very energetic during coaching. We are actively coaching um, throughout the matches, the players. Um, are going to have smiles on their faces. They're going to be supporting one another. They're going to be uh, cheering for their teammates, and they're going to be fighting for every single point. So I want to create a really good fan experience. And, and even if it doesn't translate to a ton of wins in our first year, we, we continue to build on the prior success of last season and, and really get to a point where the, the community um, is very supportive of the Rutgers volleyball program, not only student-wise or athletics-wise, but also just the the tri-state area so it's a it's a big hill to climb but i'm excited to to be the leader of the charge and i'm confident that we can get there the head coach of rutgers women's volleyball caitlin schweighoffer coach thank you so much for coming on and giving me some time good luck whenever a season does happen and most importantly during this time stay safe and stay healthy Thank you so much. I want to thank Coach Schweighoffer for coming on the podcast and taking some time to discuss her Rutgers volleyball program. When you look at Olympic sports hires under Pat Hobbs, one key theme has been experience rebuilding programs. Umi Selene Beasley rebuilt Temple Gymnastics before being hired here. Steve Owens built up Bryant University Baseball. Jim McKeldry built up Fordham Soccer. And now with volleyball, Caitlin Schweighoffer built LaSalle during her first head coaching job. One thing I really got out of our conversation was Coach's commitment to communication between her, her assistants, and her players. Look, obviously now communication is as crucial as ever with everyone waiting for new information about a potential season down the road, how it could play out, and when it could possibly play out. But she mentioned how she always talks to her team about practice, what worked and what didn't, and their thoughts and opinions on various drills. Coach Schweighoffer has a plan and has the experience, most importantly, that shows that the plan can be successful. This program, look, it's towards the bottom of the Big Ten. But even last season, we saw strides being made. Now, with Coach at the helm, the rebuild is really expected to get kickstarted into full gear. Obviously, results won't come right away, but improvement is expected, and there's no reason with the players returning and the new faces they brought in that improvement can't happen. At the end of the day, look, rebuilds take time, but with an experienced leader like Caitlin Schweighoffer, I'm confident that improvement both on the court and in the win column, most importantly, is coming for the Scarlet Knights here on the Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.